together. And praise the Lord for that. Let's turn our Bibles again to Psalm 16. And it's been an interesting week uh, for many reasons. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier with the, the Queen's passing, and well, it was just a interesting to see different people's perspectives of that. Um, also, not being well, I was pretty much in bed all week and uh, slept a lot, thankful for that, but um, didn't get to do much, just, just reflecting a little bit and um, just was thinking this week, it's, it's been a year since we had our first Sunday here. And um, just in, in many ways, it's happened very quickly, but in, in many ways, it's felt like there's been a lot of things happen and, and all of that. But was just thinking about, again, just being in the situation we were last year of moving here and having to go through the quarantine process there in, uh, when we landed in, in Brisbane, we were escorted by the Queensland police um, straight onto a bus and, uh, and straight into our hotel, no questions asked, right? And we were there and we, were, we didn't know, we didn't know what kind of space we were going to have and all of that and so we got into the hotel, thankfully there were three bedrooms and a large living room, all right, for our crazy kids to run around in. And uh, they were trying to do, trying to do uh, distance schooling, you know, schooling online like so many of our kids had to do during that whole time together. And all of that, and just we had so much time just feeling like we were nowhere. And we were transitioning from a church that we had grown up in, we had served in all of our lives, and, and then I was pastoring, and we were, we, I really was just reflecting on that, feeling like I didn't belong anywhere at that point. I hadn't arrived here yet. We went around, and I wasn't sure how I was, I was going to receive, be received anyway, and I didn't know what it was that we were going to really expect to come coming into our time here together, but I just knew the Lord was in it, and so that was the only thing that really kept us going during the, that two-week period. We were, you know that saying, uh, being in no man's land? That's how I felt being in, in quarantine last year, and, and, and this is the passage that God gave me last year to, to just meditate on and reflect on, and it was a comfort to me because verse 5, he says there, I have a goodly heritage, and I began to think about that, and I want to preach that this morning uh, in a, this little while. We're really entering into, uh, we've just had our, our church anniversary, we've had that time to reflect on all that God has done, and, and it was wonderful for me, especially to just see the, the church's heart about that, um, reading, reading through copious amounts of, of, of articles and documents that some have written in regard to the history of the church, just learning about that and, and understanding it, and then hearing from you all in this past year, knowing how much the church means. And that's, that's been a, a real joy for me to, to learn that, and, and that's heritage, and what, what we see in here in this, um, in this Psalm of David, really he's writing on the occasion of the return of the, the Ark of the Lord. And if you notice there, it's, it's a miktam of David. We learned, I think, a couple of weeks ago about a miktam. It was a golden psalm. That's what it means. You know, these days when you hear a, when, when a song that is, uh, that is played on the radio or, or played elsewhere, hits a, a certain amount of sales, you get 
you, you know, you, it becomes a gold record. It becomes a platinum record, right? And so that's what these were. These were, these were the miktams in the, in the Psalms. They were the, the gold records of the day. They were songs that were so good that it was decided that they would be preserved in gold. And some historians said that there were, there were some that were hung um, somewhere in the temple there, in Solomon's temple. And, and these were important, important psalms. They were, they were the greatest hits of the day, if you could say that. Remember, the psalms is, the, is a songbook, right? And so th- this is a miktam, again, of David. It was a, an important psalm, really commemorating, um, commemorating the return of the ark. And if you know the, the history of, of the nation of Israel, initially, God, uh, David's desire was to build an ark, uh, build a temple, but God didn't allow him to do that. And so the, really the, the ark of the covenant resided in a big tent in the tabernacle still. And so for a long time, it was just there, and, and I'm sure it was well guarded. But uh, at some point, one point, the Philistines were able to capture that ark and for a long while, they didn't have, they didn't sense the presence of God in a place. And yet what we find later on is that it's, get, it's taken back. And in the occasion of the return of the ark, really what, what David is writing about is having joy again in God's presence. Having joy with the fact that God was with him again. Having joy in the fact that, that whilst the ark has been returned, it was really about all about God. And David, he, he could have, if you read through, he could have waxed long about this precious possession that, you know, God had given them as a, as a symbol, as, a, as a, a thing that really represented the presence of God before the people. He could have waxed long about the return of this precious, precious possession, but, but he didn't. He, he could have called that possession the Ark of the Lord, he could have called that as heritage. And, you know, often when we talk about heritage, we do talk about items. You know, we, would, we wouldn't be amiss to say that as we think about the heritage of our church, that we look back at the sacrifices of those that, that bought this property. And then those that gave so faithfully over the years to ensure that their buildings were built and and this has been developed to what it is, we could talk about that as far as our heritage and Many do. You could look at some of the historical homes in the world, and oftentimes those families' uh, heritage is linked to that very place. That very physical thing represents their, their heritage. We can talk maybe a little bit about values. So, you know, values can represent heritage, what we stand for, the traditions that we pass on, perhaps to the next generation. And, and certainly David could have, could have focused on that, but David chose to focus on the Lord as the heritage to be celebrated and passed on. He says in verse 5, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. And then in verse 6 he says, The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. And perhaps this month we could talk about all of those other things. And perhaps even today we can reflect a little bit, as maybe as you entered into this place, maybe you're new here, maybe it's just your first Sunday, maybe it's your second Sunday, maybe it's your first month, or maybe you've just been coming along this year, maybe for a long time, and we could reflect and think about all of the different memories and all of the different things that, that this place and this family, uh, church family represents to us. 
And certainly we wouldn't be amiss to do that. But let's not miss, and here's what I'm saying, let's not miss within all of that who it was that really allowed that and really then grew that in our lives and gave it to us. It's the Lord himself. And, and when, whilst we talk about heritage, and you know, this, this month we're going to have different stages of life coming up on Sunday nights to give the Word of God, and that's evidence, again, of our heritage being passed on tonight. If I can encourage you to think forward to tonight, come back tonight. We've got some of our teenagers preaching, and we've got our young people taking over the service, and then next week, I, I believe it's, uh, who is it, the young adults, or is it the, the charge keepers, one of them? It's the young adults next week. And then the following week, it's the charge keepers. And they're going to come up and they're going to serve our, our church in that way. And what I'm saying is we could, we could focus on all of that. And all of us here, we've got a vested interest in, in, in what God has done here. But let's not forget the one who really all worth and all praise and all glory belongs to. And that's the Lord himself. That ought to be our focus, and that ought to be the thing that we, we look at. And certainly this was David's, David's evaluation of it all. He could have looked at the ark. He could have looked at all of the things that were transpiring, the, 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 really the victory that was involved in that, the, the great news that the ark had returned, the, the reality of that coming into his life. He could have focused on the fact that they did have enemies and the Philistines were round about and they were still right there. And he could have focused on all of those circumstances of life. And yet in the summary of it all, he says he's got a goodly heritage. In the summary of it all, he, say, he looks at that and he says, the Lord is a portion of mine inheritance. And I want to examine here tonight, uh, this, this morning, this miktam of David, and just focus in on our goodly heritage. And I hope that you would just reflect a little bit on the Lord here this morning and think about what He's done for you. And think about the fact that whether you're, you're, you're coming into a time where, where the future is ahead of you or you're just wondering how all things will play out, that, that the constant of it all is the Lord Jesus himself. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think about the Lord, how he's ever present in our lives. You know, I was, again, just reflecting this week. It's, it's, it's Southland Baptist Church's heritage, uh, heritage night tonight. As you know, I've been part of that church for a long time and just was, was thinking about them this morning, thinking about what they're going through right now. And I was just thinking about that time last year again when I was leaving from there and, and how heart-wrenching that was for us. But coming into a time where really from a time standpoint being here, I felt like, and I'm just being honest, we had no heritage. We, we still hadn't made that connection. We weren't on the ground yet. We were still in no man's land as I was saying. And we weren't sure how all of it was going to play out. We had no, we had no time under our, our belts to say, hey, uh, we understand where, where we're at with, with what's ahead. We were trusting in the Lord in that. But that's, that, was the, that was the reality, though, that God reminded me. Whether I was over there or over here, God's still my heritage. It's still Him. Whether I've had weeks and years or or whether I've had hours and minutes, God's still my heritage. And whether I go somewhere else and whether God has me 
for years to come right here, then he's still my heritage. And we see firstly, as David looked at it, he says, firstly, the Lord is the portion of my inheritance. He says that, that firstly, the Lord as our heritage, he's our substance. And you know, a portion and heritage here is speaking of essentially the same thing. The Lord is the substance. He's the, he's the, th- he's the substance of our heritage. And you know, uh, the Lord is what makes actually our heritage valid. It's the Lord. It's the fact that, that you know, 44 years ago, there was a group of people who, under the Lord's directive, under the Lord's guiding through His Word, through, through much prayer and through much seeking of Him, decided that this, there was going to be a church right here in Albany Creek, that, that there was a, a God worth serving right here in this corner of the world. And, and they looked around and they saw the need, but most of all, they saw the Lord and our substance of our heritage is the Lord. You know, sometimes we, can, we have certain claims to fame. And, and you know, uh, you, you look at maybe uh, someone in your family that maybe had some sort of claim to fame. You, you, they're somewhat famous, and then you start to look into their lives, and they weren't as famous as you thought they were. <laughs> you know, maybe you thought they were in your lineage, and then you realize that when you really did the study, they actually weren't. And sometimes we have a false sense of, uh, of those things in our earthly connections, don't we? Sometimes we can make heroes of the past and we can look at all of that and we can look at it, an era bygone that, that maybe we look at it and say, wow, that, that was a heritage that was passed on to us. And, and, and accurate or not, we can look at that and live by it. But I'll tell you what, you're, you're never going to do wrong. You're never going to go wrong. If you just look at the Lord and you see Him, because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. And whilst our world can change, and whilst maybe the stories of our past may, may, uh, may draw us to some sort, of, uh, some sort of false security, we can look at the reality of the Lord, both past, present, and into the future, and we can place our trust in Him. And we can place all of our substance in Him. The Lord is is not that way. He's different to our earthly heritage. He never changes, and our heritage in Him is secure. You know, we may talk about our portion in the ministry. We may talk about the memories of what it means to be a church family, but the substance of our heritage ought to be placed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice what he says there. He's the substance of our portion, firstly, as individuals. He says in verse 5, the Lord is a portion of mine inheritance. And then he says, of my cup. You know, so often in the Word of God, that, that, that picture of the cup, it's a very personal picture. You think about the Lord Jesus himself when he said, let this cup pass from me. And then he says, nevertheless, not, thou, not my will, but thou, thy will be done. And he understood that the portion and, and the, the calling of his life was to go to the cross and to lay down his life on the cross of Calvary and to pay for the sins of mankind. And he understood that, and so he took of the cup. And yet, what David was saying here, he says, the Lord is a portion of mine inheritance. He says, and of my cup. It, firstly, I want to say that he's the substance of our portion as individuals. You know, the, the, the cup symbolizes our portion of life, and, and the Lord was to fill our cup. 
The Lord was the one that's supposed to, to be the substance, to be the very thing that, that, it, that, that is inside our vessel that makes it worth something, that makes it, that, makes it the, that, that fulfills its potential. You know, no one likes an empty cup. They, they want their cup to be filled. And so many times we fill our cups with so many different things, and yet the, the one that ought to fill our cup is the substance of our, of our heritage. It's the Lord himself. Now, what's God done in your life? What does Jesus mean to you? You know, we, we can go about and we can find our identity in so many other things. We can fill our cup with, with education. We can fill our cup with, with achievement. We can fill our cup with tradition. We can fill our cup with, with all of these other things that are so temporal. And yet the thing that will last is not a thing, it's a who. It's the Lord Jesus himself. What's he done in your life? You know, in, in you as an individual, we, it's not just that we celebrate as a church the heritage that God has given us here. No, that heritage is made up of all of our stories. But I hope that those stories are filled with just all of God's dealing in our lives. Not just family stories, not just stories as a group, but what's God doing in you? What's He filling your cup with? What are those things that, that you can look back at and you see just God did that? You know, we can, we can so embed our identity on, on so many other things, even those things that we do for the Lord. You know, didn't he say to Martha, you're cumbered about with much serving? But Mary had chosen the, the good part. It was just being with Jesus. And, and you know, he, he didn't invalidate all of those things that Martha did. But he just said, it's those things that we do with the Lord. It's those things that, that it was because of the Lord working in our lives. And, and again, I look back and I look at all of the different things that God's allowed me to do. And I'll tell you what, I wonder sometimes because I know me. And I go, how did God do that? Because it was God. And the, the more you get to know me, the more you're going to know it was God. <laughs> and, and listen, that ought to be, I hope that that's the portion of your cup. I hope the summary of your life, as you look back from now to, to what has been, is that God has worked, and God has done, and God has been able to, and the Lord, He's a portion of my cup. But then he noticed what he says then as well in verse 5. He says, the Lord is a portion of my cup. And then he says, thou, referring to the Lord, maintainest my lot. You know, he was also the substance of of. Their heritage is a family. I look around, there's different families here represented. We make up the, the, the Good Shepherd Baptist Church family and the substance of our portion as our family. He, he says, you maintain my lot. And perhaps we need to look at the fact that David, David belonged to a greater family. He belonged to the nation of Israel. Israel was given a lot by God. He, he sent them to the promised land, didn't he, during that time as, he, as Moses took the, uh, rescued the people out. He, he was journeying to the promised land. Unfortunately for, for Moses, he didn't make it. But, but those who were in that generation that didn't perish, they got to see the promised land. That was their lot. And then what we know in the book of Joshua is that each tribe, out of the 12 tribes of Israel, each tribe was given a specific lot. And each lot was, was, was specified and instructed by God. 
There, there was no wrangling about it. There was no debate over it. There was no, 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 I don't want that part. I want this part. No, they just, they saw that as sovereignty of God. That is my lot. And he's saying that he, you maintain my lot. We see that David belonged to a certain, uh, certain, certain tribe. He was the tribe of Judah. And each tribe was given that portion of the promised land. And all this was divinely dictated. But there was one tribe who had no geographical portion. You know which tribe that was? The tribe of Levi. In Numbers 18.20, the Lord spake unto Aaron, Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. And notice what God says, I am thy part. And thine inheritance among the children of Israel. And you know what, what in effect David was saying here? David, again, recognizing David was from the tribe of Judah. He was saying, in heart, I am like the Levite. Because my lot and all that you've given me, I find in you, Lord. He, he wasn't actually looking at, he'll, later on he'll look at his, he, those lines that fall upon. But at this point, he was just looking at the portion of his inheritance the substance in all that God had given him in maintaining his family was this. He was likening himself to the Levite whose portion he found in the Lord himself. And you know, we might look at our lives and we might not be able to really see in this side of eternity all that God has allowed us to do. You might even think this morning, well, what have I done? I don't see anything visible, perhaps. I don't I don't see anyone that I could really say has, I've affected for the Lord, I've tried. And may, maybe it's hard for you to define where that is, and maybe not. But whichever side of the equation you stand at, I hope that you look at it and you look at all that God has done in your family, and you might look at it and go, you know, the, the portion of my inheritance is the Lord. You, you, you might, in effect, say that just like David did, I'm like the Levite who found my portion, my true wealth, my true substance in the Lord. And their substance wasn't found in the land that God gave them, firstly, but in the Lord who gave them the land. Their provision and supply was due to the Lord. And, you know, don't forget this morning, don't forget who gave you your family. Don't forget who gave you your portion. Don't forget who gave you those things that you so sometimes take for granted because it's just here. Don't forget that. It's the Lord. We ought to rejoice in Him. That's why we ought to be that our hearts soar with praise when we just sing songs of Him and we, we imagine those things that, that, that God has done in our lives and we think about those things and in fact... There's a warning there that we ought not to forget. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 12, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And You know, it's, it's awful, isn't it? Sometimes you, you watch some of these award shows and you know how sometimes they just, they're just going through the names of people. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've had to do a, have an acceptance speech. I've never had to do that, but... Sometimes you watch and, and you're listening about all of those significant people. And, you know, sometimes you know people and you go, they forgot to name their wife, you know, or someone important. 
And you know, sometimes when we go through times when we're, we're, we're just thinking of heritage and thinking about all of what, what has transpired, we can name all the names except naming the name of Christ. So, sometimes we can talk to our children and we can talk about, you know, all the things that we've done, all the things that they've done, all of the things that so-and-so has done. We can look at all of that and we, we forget to summarize it all by saying, you know what though? God did all of that. God did that. God did that through that person's life. God did that through that person's life. And God did that through that person's life. And don't, don't forget God in your, in, in your heritage. And really he's saying he's the substance of our life and legacy. You know, how can God be our portion, our cup, our lot? Really here it is in the most basic terms. It's about possessing something that means, that means something to us when we have it in our keeping. What it was, was David realized when, when the presence of God wasn't with them, when the ark was missing in their, in their place, he, he really missed it. It made a difference. And here's what I'm saying, you know, so, some of us sometimes, sometimes we can take things for granted that, that if, we, if it became missing in our lives, it wouldn't, we wouldn't skip a beat. We'd just move on. And I often thought about that, you know, in, 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 in the, the, whole, the whole history of my life, I, I think about what would have happened if God didn't rescue me as a seven-year-old boy. How different would my life be? If, if you today can say, well, not that much different, then maybe you haven't grasped the value of the possession that you have in Christ. You know, maybe you're like that blind man who maybe got an inheritance of a beautiful masterpiece. And, you know, he has it in his possession but doesn't actually see the value of it. He can, he can, he can appreciate the fact that he has it, but it doesn't mean anything to him. It hasn't moved him. He doesn't look at it every morning and it doesn't move him to, to appreciate. It doesn't move him to Say, whoa, look at the value of this thing. Why? You can't see. And it might be that, that for a while now, you've just been slipping into a time where you just come into this place and you come into that, that Bible and you come into a time where you're praying and it's just empty and you don't see it. Listen, wake up. Look at what you have. Look at who you have in Christ. Rejoice again in His beauty. Rejoice again in His majesty. Rejoice again when you sing those songs. Make it mean something again. And so many times we just go through the motions and we're that, that blind man who's got a masterpiece and can't see. So many times as, as God's people, we're so, we're so spoiled. We see God's goodness in our lives and we hardly rejoice. We hardly are moved. We go about and the challenge is given about seeing souls saved or, or seeing people discipled and we see all of that, all of our portion, our lot. And hardly do we are moved anymore. Hey, listen, David, when he understood it, he realized, you know, the Lord says, you maintain my lot. And when the Lord is our portion, we mean it 
in the highest sense of that, that meaning, he, he becomes the substance of our thoughts. He, he becomes the substance of our intellect. He becomes our hopes and our dreams. He, Christ fills us and moves us. We grow to know Him. We grow to love Him. He becomes our greatest treasure. And the Bible does tell us that. You know, in Colossians 1.18, He is the head of the body. The church who was the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now listen, in Ephesians 3.19, And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. We've got to, we must make Christ our highest good and our greatest pursuit, and we, he must be our substance if he is to be our goodly heritage. And so firstly, he's our substance. Secondly, notice there he's our security. In verse 5 again, he says, Thou maintainest my law. That word maintainest, he's the one that secures it. He's the one that protects it. And here we see that the security of our heritage is found in him. And listen, you know, sometimes I, I stay up at night and I really do. Sometimes I wonder how we're going to pass on the, the, the heritage of the Lord to the next generation. I sometimes wonder if they get it. I sometimes wonder if they're just bored and they're not paying attention. That's a hint, by the way, some of you young people. And I wonder how we're going to do that in an ever-changing world. And I wonder if it's even possible to see another generation come up and, and walk with God and, and, and do some great things for God. And I often wonder about that. But you know what David realized? He said, it's the Lord. He says, thou maintainest. You're the one that secures it. See, unlike earthly inheritance that, that can be lost or wasted away, can be unsecure and prone to be lost. When we find our security in Christ, we see an unbreakable heritage given us. You see, we can't put our trust in houses and chariots, but we can put our trust in the Lord. And what we see, firstly, is we're secure in our position, right? In, in, in Christ, that it is Christ that maintains our lot. He's the one who's given us the promise of keeping Hey, listen, if you're saved, there was a time where you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. Listen, we have security. It's not one of those where we're suddenly we're just not good enough anymore. Listen, it's not about us from that point forward. It's about the complete work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's happened. Listen, no man shall pluck you out of the Father's hand. Listen, you have eternal security in Christ. And so we can go with that confidence as we go about and we're battered about by sin and we go about and we're billeted about by this world and we're buffeted. Listen, there are some times where we're going to fail. There are some times where we're not going to feel as Christian as we should be. And listen, that doesn't mean that you've lost your inheritance in the Lord. We have our security in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that maintains our law. And so we're secure in our position. That's why we can say, like Peter did in 1 Peter 1, 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Listen, we have a secure inheritance. We're secure in our position. And even as a church, he says that in Matthew 16, 18, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, he's referring to himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so listen, what we have security about in our position is this, as a church, our purpose, as a church, our mission, and as a church, our message 
will never fail. It'll never fail. In a world that's increasingly changing, in a world that's increasingly becoming hopeless, in a world that's increasingly becoming dark, we have the light of the glorious gospel of the message of Jesus Christ. Listen, we ought to have hope. And we ought to be secure in our position. Why? Because He's the one that maintains our life. You know what we have also? We're secure in our protection. You know, it's, a, it's Christ. If He's going to maintain it, He's going to protect it. It's Christ that puts a hedge about us against those that look to dispossess us of our heritage. You know, in Romans 8.38, For I am persuaded that neither the death, nor life, nor, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, He sets us up within us an impregn- in, uh, a, a defense that can't be, can't be taken away even in his, his own presence. He's near unto all them that put their trust in Him. And I'm saying that as we go about and we try to live out our heritage, it's His, it's his business who He preserves. It's Him. You know, there's been times where I understood that as I go about the business of laboring for the Lord, that there's going to be times where people just don't like me. There's going to be times where people are going to say things about me. They're going to say things that are unsavory. They're going to say things because the Bible tells us that if we will live godly in Christ Jesus, we shall suffer persecution. There's going to be times where there's going to be things that are said that are not right. And I'm telling you what, I don't put my trust in any of that. I don't put my trust in myself. Listen, it's Christ that preserves. It's His business. And we just rely. You know, so many times we we stay up at night worried about things that we can't control when God's got this. Listen, are you in Him or not? Are you His inheritance or not? And we're really, we're secure lastly in our posture. You know, we're secure because of His love. And Christ's posture toward us is one of love. He maintains our lot. There's a great diligence in Christ to to maintain what is His. And if you belong to Him, you're in safe, loving hands. You know, you all of us here, we keep our home. Right? We we do things that keep it secure. And why? Because we want it to be a safe. We want it to be a, a healthy environment for those that we love. You know, you're on guard when danger is present to those you love. Right? You watch your kids and if any danger comes about, you, you go and you protect. Why? Because the posture that Christ has toward us and the posture we have toward those that God's given us is one of love. And so we go about and, and whatever circumstance we find, find ourselves in we've got to look to Christ as our security. You know, I was, I was reading this, just this, this verse came to mind. John 16, 33, I read this to someone this week. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hey, listen, case closed. <laughs> and and that's, that's the security that we have. And, and so he says, secondly, that... He, it, we have security in him. But then, lastly, he says in verse 6, The lions are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. 
And the last thing I want to say is that he's our satisfaction. You know, he looks at that and he says, I have a goodly heritage. You know what it is? It's a statement of declaration. It was a statement of affirmation of the realization that, that God, God was the one that satisfies. You know, David was saying this, this with, he had great thrill of knowing that his substance and his security was found in the Lord. And indeed, it was a satisfaction. And we truly, we have a goodly heritage if it'll stem from satisfaction in Christ and not another. If we're looking at results, if we're looking at circumstances to be favorable, if we're looking at, oh, if it'll only be good when everything is solved, then listen, that may never come. But what we know is this, if, if God be with us, who can be against us? You see, many would trade their heritage when they firstly, firstly, sadly, grow dissatisfied with it. Remember Esau? You know, he came from hunting and he was hungry. And for red pottage, for pottage, you know what that is? It's just, it's, it's vegetarian. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> for that, he gave up his birthright. And you know, we, we look at the world, we look at what the world's offering us. And for some of us, we've, we've devalued our inheritance for something that is so menial. And too many times we, we look at that and we go, well, what it has over time, you've, you've allowed yourself to become dissatisfied with what God's given you. And that's the devil's ploy. He's going to firstly get you to be dissatisfied with what God has given you. And, and what David was looking at, he looked at the, the, this verse that says, The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. You know what he was looking at? He was looking at the borders of his inheritance. He, he began to look at the, the tribe of Judah and their lot. He began to look at the, the, where he, the lines fell as far as his lineage is concerned. And he began to look at that, and you know what he said? He, he viewed it as pleasant. And here's what we do. We look at sometimes what God has given us. And if we're not careful, if we're not grounded in the Lord as a substance and as our security, then we grow to become dissatisfied with it. Why? Because what we're then relying on is how we feel, what our feelings are where we judge it to be. You know, sometimes God will call a, a man into a certain field and he might look at that field and look at another field and say, oh, I don't want that field, I want that field. It might be that in, in, a, in a home situation, you're looking at that and, and maybe there are real troubles and there are times where you're struggling through some things and you might grow dissatisfied and say, you know what, I'm just going to leave it alone and just go here. You know, as a man that, as a bird that wandereth from his place, right? And we better be careful when we grow, start to grow dissatisfied because God's calling us to contentment. And the only way we're content is if we would look at Jesus as our satisfaction. And, and you know what David was basically saying? He's got a goodly heritage. Why? Because the Lord was enough. Because the fact of his presence was enough. And can I remind you, 
He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you might struggle through some things, but God knows what's best for us. Later on in Psalm 34, verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And when we truly understand who God is, when we truly experience who he is in our lives, when we truly allow him to fill our cups, when we truly understand that, that he's the one that maintains our lot, that we're secure in him, then, you know, the, the, the only logical thing is to be satisfied, is to realize how good God is. You know, the other things can be offered you and you won't take it because you know how good you have it. And listen, too many times we, when we think about heritage, we, we focus on other things. And again, we're not amiss to do that. But let's be careful. You know, tomorrow when you wake up and you're spending some time maybe with your family and you're talking about all of the, the great things that's happening in life, don't, don't neglect to men- mention and then also emphasize and then also make preeminent who did that? Who, who is God to you? Is he the portion? Is he the substance? Is he the, the security? Is he your satisfaction? And God knows. And, and God, in his goodness to us, he gives us what we need. And so the question is, this morning, can you say you have a goodly heritage? As you look at your life, past, present, and future, is what truly makes up all that you are, the, the sum of your life. Can you look at that and go, you know, it was the Lord. Is He your portion in inheritance? If you, do you find your substance through Him or is it through other means? Do you find your security in, in broken promises? And do you find your satisfaction placed in another person or thing? Then, then I want to tell you that maybe you need to readjust where you're, you look at and, and you might need to readjust because you may not be able to say you've got a goodly heritage. And perhaps you need to go back to a place of, of just giving Jesus the ultimate place in your life as one preeminent, as one that is above all and before all and put him back where he ought to belong and you, you'll have a heritage to pass on. You'll have a legacy to truly treasure and one, one that's like no other. And what I'm saying is make your life all about Christ. Make every commemoration, make every commendation, make every celebration about Jesus. And I'll tell you what, you'll look back and you will find a goodly heritage. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. Father, we just are thankful, dear Lord, that even though we're, we're broken people, and even though there's times where we fail you, even though there's times where really when it comes down to it, uh, Lord, we even struggle to really give you all the, the praise that you deserve. That, Lord, you're patient with us and you're kind to us. And, Lord, you still, it's still you that maintains our lot. And I pray that you'd help us this morning as we think about these things to just, again, maybe get back to that place of just rejoicing in you. Not, not, not worrying about all of the different circumstances in our lives, not worrying about what's happening in the world, but Lord, most of all, just putting our portion in you. I pray that you'd help us this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. We're going to have a baptism in a little while, but the piano can begin to play. We're going to have a time of invitation, though. And I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you're here and 
Firstly, you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the way that you can be, you can have a portion in the Lord is by trusting Him as your Savior. And maybe you're, you're here and, and you can say without really thinking too, too, too much about it, really, if you're honest, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You've trusted in other things. You've trusted in, in good works. You've trusted in religion. Maybe you've even trusted in your family name. But those things can't save you. Only Jesus' name can save you. And so maybe here this morning you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved. If I were to die today, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if Jesus is my Savior. Is there anyone here just with an uplifted hand? Just you, me, and the Lord. No one looking around. All right, I see that. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, you can put your hand down. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor, just pray for me. I, I want to rejoice in the Lord. Today I realize that there's been things that have taken away from, from rejoicing in that goodly heritage of Christ. And I, I'll be honest, Pastor, I just need your prayer this morning. Anyone here this morning, just say, Pastor, pray for me this week. I see those hands. Yep, see those hands. Anyone else? See those hands. Lots of hands. Thank you. Let's all stand to our feet. No one looking around. The piano is playing. I want to encourage you, maybe as a family, maybe as an individual, maybe take the time this morning to just, just focus on the Lord, maybe rejoice in Him. Maybe it's been a while since you've just thanked Him for all of his, what He's done. Whatever it is, however the Lord's leading you, why don't you come to this altar? If you're, if you're getting baptized, it's probably a good time now to just head, head to, to the back there. Some, some will guide you to where you can get changed. We're going to have a time of baptism after this. But as the piano plays, why don't you do business with the Lord? Why don't you just allow the Lord to just speak to you this morning?